Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Roundtable Show. We do this show at 8.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time every Friday. You can watch it live on the WP Tonic Facebook page. It's always a fun discussion. Um, we've got a great guest panelist joining us again. And I think I've rustled up some good stories that hammer Amazon and just um, Dr. Evil and WordPress in general. Um, I'm going to let the panel quickly introduce themselves. First, our guest panelist, Jason. Jason, would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Sure. I'm Jason, or Rez, as most people know me online. Uh, Rez with three Zs. I'm a web developer who specializes in behavioral marketing, basically helping my clients sell. Oh, well, that sounds good. And we've got a great um, regular panelist, Sally, joining us. Sally, lot to Hi, uh, I, I'm Sally, the inconsistent one. Uh, my business is WP Fangirl. I am the organizer of the <laughs> East Bay WordPress meetup in Oakland, California, um, and a currently anxious cat mom. I don't know how to respond to that, but there we go. It was, it was quite funny, though. Um, got Uncle Spencer. Spencer, would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners of views? Sure, Spencer Foreman, and I help people put together business websites surrounding WP Fusion using plugins like Groundhog and otherwise. Sounds good to me. And I've got my great co-host on my other show, Adrian. Adrian, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, everybody. My name is Adrian. I'm the CEO and founder of Groundhog. We produce marketing automation and sales tools for businesses that use WordPress. And before we go into our main stories, I want to discuss one of a, a new sponsor. Uh, it's Breezy, Breezy Page Builder. And um, I've, they gave me um, a full copy of their great software and I've been trying it out and I'm impressed. And they've got some, uh, if you're a hardcore developer, um, looking for a page building platform that's got some re- unique features and a fantastic UX interface, I'll suggest that you should go over to breezy.co um, and see what they've got to offer. Also, if you're a power user and you're fed up with your present page builder and you're looking for either trying out their free version or their not-that-expensive pro version, go over to Breezy and try them out. I've been impressed, and I'm sure you're going to be impressed with their technology. So. Let's go into the first story of this show. Um, Top 50 WP new websites, Rika plugins by downloads per day. What did you think of this one, Spencer? Three words, self-fulfilling prophecy. This is one of those instances where the comments are always great. Everything on Tavern always number one rule, go to the comments first. But like, this is one of those ones where... I love certain entrepreneurs in this space. Saeed Balki is one of them, an amazing human being, generous to the hilt. And although I don't know him personally, his good deeds stand before him. So I'm happy to see that most all of his plugins and business operations are in this top list. But this is a self-perpetuating list where it's just why bother? 
because these plugins have nothing to do with anything that a normal person needs to look at as far as like, where should I go for a solution? They're just like a popularity list. And as has already been demonstrated, <laughs> just by doing a reinstall or an update, it adds all your users again into the list as if they were new downloads, which seems to me rather stupid because then it's just like, well, add another update, add another update. And magically, we're at the top of the list still. Ta-da. Ta-da. Yes, I see where you're coming from. Um, Sally, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, it was it's sort of like, well, you know, it's a demonstration of, of uh, using the API to get uh, information, but the usefulness of the information may be somewhat uh, limited because it is always going to be skewed toward anything that's had an update, assuming people are, um, in fact, making regular updates. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, lots of us run updates every day, so <clears throat> there there will certainly be downloads. I've noticed, I've noticed with all the clients we support that, um, and that, you know, keep some figures. It seems to, it seems to have a rush of updates recently. By the way, as a a reverse engineering tool, it's good to know if you care how many downloads a particular plugin has, because now we know that there's 612,265 people that are using Optin Monster. So that's good to know. But wasn't wasn't that like the number of people who downloaded it that day, if that's what it is? I mean, I I think... There's there's no less than 612,000. Right, yeah. because not not everybody does uh, uh, update it. So yeah, I mean, it's like the information may be interesting. I don't personally know that it would be especially useful. I don't think like there's nothing bad about their having created it. Like, oh no, terrible thing! You shouldn't do this. It, it's just that you know you may get a, a skewed impression about things. Looking if you are looking only at this information. Yeah, I'm tempted to say something. But I'm not going to. Um, Jason, oh, Jonathan, <laughs> fun if you didn't. No, I'm just going to read it. Jason, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, I echo what, what's already been said. I mean, for me, it's like as a developer, I don't really, I mean, knowing the number of downloads per day, that doesn't really help me in anything. Uh, it doesn't help me decide if I'm going to get the plugin or use the plugin or activate or deactivate or anything. So for me, it's like, like, you know, like Sally said, is as far as, you know, seeing how the API can be used is nice. Uh, but as far as usefulness, eh, you know, like Spencer said at the beginning, I just, I, it was nice to read the comments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you reckon, Adrian? Um, as the, as the resident plugin developer uh, with repository listings, who keeps a very, very close eye on our download count. Uh, I again, echo the sentiments of everybody here. The download count doesn't actually mean all that squat. Uh, we pushed out, three patches yesterday alone, um, which for our 400 active users, if all of them made all or actually downloaded all of those patches yesterday, of which there were three different ones for various different things, then that would have total a total of 1,200 downloads, which isn't actually representative of the number of users that we have because it's for each individual download, for each update, for whatever. You can go into the any plugin repository listing, click the download button three times, and it counts as three downloads. There's no IP tracking. There's no... Uh, check to see if you've already downloaded it. So uh, the statistic is fairly worthless because it's very easy to game. What is not worthless uh, is the active installations um, counter. So the active installations is a, is a, 
the 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 newest tracker. Uh, it's not new, new, new. It's in, it's been at, it's at least a couple of years old, but it came way after the the introduction of the downloads counter, uh, and it shows the um, biggest factor. Uh, <clears throat> the biggest factor uh, multiple. So if you have a hundred. Uh, to in between 100 and 200, it'll show you 100 plus active installations. If you're in between 10,000 and 20,000, it'll show you 10,000 plus active installations. If you're between a million and two million, it'll show you a million plus active installations. And I think that's a way more accurate representation of, you know, the the actual popularity of a plugin. But unfortunately, I don't think that information is actually accessible by the API yet. So at least I haven't been able to figure out a way because I want to be able to show it on my site. But anyway. That 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 statistic. If you're looking for something to at least show like the the reliability or the credibility of a plugin, the downloads uh, isn't even the most accessible view anymore. Because in order to see downloads, you have to go to the advanced statistics page in the WordPress repository, where instead the downloads counter has been replaced completely, at least in the repository, by the active installations. Well, Joe, that's great. Thanks for that. On to the next story. Even Amazon-owned products are getting hijacked by imposters, sellers. Um, what do you think of this one, Sally? Oh, we can't. Uh, sorry, must have been a train. Um, yeah. They they get overpowering sometimes. Uh, well, you know, I mean, like many people, I shop on Amazon quite a bit. I I haven't seen this happen, uh, but uh, it sounds like it's a a really doggy dog world out there. If if you're uh, trying to sell stuff on Amazon, it certainly does, doesn't it? I'm kind of always in the odd bit of stuff that I do buy from. I bought one little mouse and it, I couldn't get it to work with my Mac. And then I tried to send it back to him and he won't allow me to send it back to him. He keeps saying you can't do it. I, I can't find a bloody phone number to <laughs> ask him. Oh, I've heard stories about issues with, with support. I, I haven't had to uh, return very many things or contact support very often. Um, Maybe there's support. But, I, but it, it does seem to be a little bit like trying to reach a human at Google. Yeah, maybe their support is in outer space. I, I use. I I've always had success using their live chat. So, oh. I, 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 and which is buried, by the way, you can't. Yes, where is it? Actually, could you use uh, speed chats? Well, you know, people throw <laughs> live chat in your face if they're trying to use it to sell. But you know, when they when they, for support, they, they don't want to make it easy. Yeah, but I mean, it, anytime I've used the live chat, and I'm a Prime member too, so they're gonna try to do everything to keep my subscription. Um, so I've never had a problem with their support and returning things. Um, but to 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 the the point of this article. I've seen these listings. In fact, I saw them this week. I was looking just, I, you know, we have a frayed iPhone charger, right? And so, you know, we have a cat and we have a two-year-old. So these frayed cables, you know, I really don't feel like spending 35 bucks on apple.com if possible. If the, for, the well, one that's, <laughs> for the one that's sitting in the living room, access to everybody. Uh, so I went online and I actually, it was funny. I saw in the reviews things that were happening in this article, like the reviews were about binoculars and clocks and like just random stuff. And I'm like, I thought I was looking at a wire. Like what is going on around here? What have I been taking? (laughs) Right. And I'm like, what happened? And then I just thought to myself, oh, well the, the seller, and I didn't know that multiple sellers have access to the listing until this article, which is interesting to me in and of itself. But I just thought that the seller was like, oh, okay, because I have 
4,000 reviews on this product. I'm just going to replace the product so that I can then go ahead and just leverage the reviews because that's what I look at. I look at the reviews, the product descriptions and all that stuff to me is, is one thing, but the, the actual negative reviews I'll always read. And so when I saw the negative reviews, I'm like, wait, it's not even talking about this product. What happened here? So I was just like, all right, I'm getting away from this entire page and I'll just go to apple.com. I'll buy my thing there. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting concept. And I don't, I feel like now that whole thing, like what they said is the wild west. Amazon is like the fact that if I have a product that, you know, Spencer sells and Adrian sells and Sally sells, we all can go on the same listing and edit that same listing. So what's stopping somebody else from hijacking that? And I don't know why, I, I don't see any benefit there. In, in It does seem as though, I mean, it, it, it sounds kind of impossible on, on scale, but it does seem as though if things are abandoned, they maybe ought to be unpublished. It's not a hijacking, it doesn't work like that. I can tell you how it works because... I am, I don't think I'm the only one here who loves it. I think Jason has said he enjoys using it despite this. But I don't think I could really exist in the world that I live in as a single dad of three boys and what I do never leaving the house, so to speak, without Amazon. And mm -hmm. I want to use a metaphor because I recently went back to Vegas, having not been there for a while, but I used to go to Vegas four times a year. And going back there, I remembered... Amazon is a microcosm of the world, but it's really kind of a metaphor of going to Vegas. If you know how Vegas operates, Vegas is the most amazing place on the planet. If you don't know how Vegas operates, it could be one of the scariest, most bizarre experiences you've ever had. With Amazon, the number one thing is these aren't being hijacked unwillingly. What's happening is that there literally are people that had products that were successful that are no longer relative irrelevant. And so somebody else comes along and understands that the help for Amazon that lets you change a payments listing are sort of underpaid workers in Southeast Asia or something. And so what they do is they call them up really aggressively. Like you would talk to the concierge at the hotel, you're upset with your room. And you'd be like, I come here every week and this is the way it should be. And, blah, 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 and here's what you need to do. And what happens is this $1.50 an hour person go, oh, I'm so sorry. It just puts the new picture in and puts whatever. Next thing you know, and I see this all day long, sure enough, you're looking at a, what was supposed to be a walk, but it's got like, you know, a kitty blanket on it or something. The second thing is that Jason said it, you need to have prime to, to live in Vegas. You got to know a guy that knows a guy that knows a guy. If you want to deal with prime, I mean, if you want to deal with Amazon, you have to be on prime. Why? Because whenever anything goes wrong, you just log in and it is, there's a million links. It is true. But if you go to like the link area that says contact us, it gives you a phone number. And just immediately you call or chat with somebody and go, Hey, I come here all the time. I'm a prime member and this is what's wrong. And they're like, Mr. Foreman, we're so sorry. Here's all your money back and we'll go figure it out for you. And please don't hold it against us. And that's it. And if you do it any other way, you just probably will have a bizarre experience on Amazon because everything, but everything is on Amazon. Yeah. What do you reckon, Adrian? Well, I'm, I'm on that, that, that sweet student prime membership uh, from when I was in university. Oh, you might be paying feeling. that, paying what? that oh, super, really like, $5 yearly fee for prime members. It's so, your purpose to it. come on to this show and make me feel so ancient. It's like your purpose to 
Yeah, I got an, I got an email. You have the eighth of my alma mater. Well, this year our new curriculum is 50. I, I bought shoes on Prime that are older than Adrian, I think. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I like I like Amazon. I bought I bought this whiteboard on Amazon. Amazon Prime is great. If you don't have it, go get it. Yeah, yeah it it, it, uh, it it's awfully handy to get to get the you know almost instantaneous free shipping. And I bought I bought my whole this whole recording so setup about that because it makes you buy more stuff more often. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to like worry about meeting their you know their this, minimum. This thing, this thing, my my mixer, whiteboard, whole recording setup, Amazon for like under five hundred bucks. I, I want to give you one secret too. This is for those of us who still do some things in the real world. In the real world, I'll go to Target very often. We have a nice Target bus, which by the way, the experience of Target, they've updated with the times, if you notice. So like compared to going to a Walmart versus a Target, like Target feels good because they seem like they're up to date, but they also have a very generous policy of price matching. So you get to play the two against each other. When you go to Target and you get your coffee and shop around. If you look at any price, you just take your phone and real quick check Amazon Prime. And there have been more than a few instances where there's a a seller on Amazon that's like 30% less than the Target store price. And you just walk up to the counter and they're like, okay, sure. So it's like your- Best Buy will do the price matching, but I can't say it's a a pleasant experience to shop there. Well, I mean, in terms of like, again, because I don't like to leave the house, but if you're going to be in the physical world and I just need to get some like stuff in that store while you're there you it's like a physical extension of of amazon which in my town actually isn't that big of a deal because just up the road in kenosha wisconsin is one of those prime warehouses so really freaky is if i order certain stuff on prime it can be at my house within an hour even with the regular shipping and that on a sunday that freaks me out like that's as close to having a personal shopper as you can get so on to story three. Um, Chrome 78 adds native lazy loading. WordPress contributors continue to discussion regarding core support. What did you think of this one, Jason? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. What it was the, that the story is that excited, is it, Jason? No, you know what? It's interesting to me because, you know, it's something that, uh, you know, it's all about the user experience, I think. And, and I think that, that if that is better, by implementing that on the browser side of things, uh, you know, I'm all for it, right? But the thing is, is other browsers going to follow? And this article kind of lends itself to saying that, you know, Firefox is already starting to think about this and, and things of that nature. But if, if Chrome is already doing it and the other browsers aren't, we still have to be mindful of it and still have to do it, um, you know, to, to have also WordPress. I mean, it, there's a lot of other things. I mean, I feel like this article had two kind of stories involved there, but it, you know, obviously having that in WordPress core, um, while I see that as a good thing, it's also if we introduce lazy loading as a core element or core policy, if you will, then what's to say we're not going to implement other performance things inside there, right? Maybe minification. And this would be a bad thing. Why exactly? Well, it's not, I'm not saying that it's a bad thing, but it's, it's, if we could push through one, then we should then also talk about 
pushing through other things as well. And then eliminating add-on plugins that do all of these other sort of things, right? And so I think that's a good thing. It just, is it now something that we do, right? Yeah, like, but, isn't I, there, but isn't there a security argument against that, Jason? I'm not a, I'm not a developer. I'm not an active developer anymore. And I certainly wasn't as good as you. Um, but isn't there argument the more stuff you put into core, the more, you know, the more more complicated it gets, the more complicated it gets, the more the more problems you can have around security. What do you think I mean, of that? Yeah, I mean I think I mean it's software, right? I mean more more features and stuff. Otherwise, why don't we just do HTML static, right? <laughs> I mean, right. That's well, the I mean, it does look like with the in the case of the lazy loading for the web, it's basically just an HTML attribute. So it, it, it seems not like not likely to be a huge security risk there. But yeah. um, you know, and I I think that for instance, like the discussion about native XML sitemaps might be something more. Contentious. It's a pity Morton isn't here to talk about this, since since he's a big uh, proponent uh, of it, uh, and it makes sense to me to to add it in that if you know browsers are going to uh, support this, and I don't think uh, Firefox is going to be very far behind, um, then uh, <clears throat> you know it will be a it will be a good thing to have. And and the thing is that. You know, for browsers that don't support it, I don't think it breaks anything. It's just, you know, browsers tend to ignore HTML that they don't understand or CSS that they don't support. All right, what do you think, Spencer? A couple takeaways. First of all, I really enjoy when Morton's here because as a person and, and as a person I have dialogue with, he's just amazing, fascinating, always interesting. But he's also a real white hat, if you think about it. Like, Morton is... Constantly popping up as the guy leading the charge, and he's referenced here as like, do the right thing. It's amazing it's 14 months since he filed the track ticket. That is the second observation, which is just, again, me picking on automatic of what the hell is wrong with the system. Because this kind of a debate, in the practical sense, when you look at the chart of the browser usage, you can see that basically Chrome is crushing everything else. But having experienced why people need lazy load, by the time they get around to this, it will be a moot point anyway, because like I spoke of last week, hosting has become such an overpowered commodity that lazy loading is not an issue anymore. If everybody is on high speed stuff and the server can handle multiple people, jamming a video down people's throat is not a real problem. It's only a problem now because your phone was too slow or the, the server couldn't handle that much bandwidth. But once those problems go away, it's like, Maybe they're waiting it out. The last thing is, I agree with Jason's point, but if I'm not mistaken, like I would love to see option boxes for things like this. So in other words, you could just turn on lazy load as part of core, but they don't have to shove it down your throat. And God forbid, please do not put this in jetpack and stick another. <laughs> which is where go. Any, anything but jetpack. They're yeah. doing it right now. Spencer. But that, if it ever showed up, like they finally got around to it, almost guaranteed to be in jetpack. Wow, well, jetpacks now with lazy load and install that along with all of other crap without it's, a jetpack. You're true there. You can just see it, can't you, Spencer? You can just see it, can't you? That's true. You're well pointed out. What do you reckon, Adrian? If you don't have lazy loading on your site right now, uh, you should probably, there's a lot of free plugins that'll do it for you. 
basically the, the, the argument for adding load, lazy loading to core is that all of the other plugins out there that do it right now uh, have a thousand different ways of implementing it. Some of them are better than others, and some of them uh, achieve the exact opposite of what you're actually trying to achieve in the first place, which is a quick yep. load time. Uh, so there's so there's there's very little consensus about the best way to do about it. Putting it into core would obviously standardize the whole thing and would maybe kill a couple of revenue streams for a couple of people, but all for the greater good of progress. Um, and just to, to respond to Spencer's point about, you know, by the time they get around to it, this has already been like 14 months. Uh, as a democratic software, the, the wheels of democracy turn slowly. So <laughs> I think I, I think it'll still be a while still. Well, and it was, I mean, it, 14 months ago, there was not native legacy loading in, in browsers. Yeah. It, so, uh, you know, the, the original ticket was for something slightly different, but this seems like it would be pretty straightforward to implement. I, At this I, I point, was, yeah. A woman who has never touched the core code. Um, democracy does not work like democracy. Having lived in the city of two mayor dailies my whole life, <laughs> democracy is not democracy. Democracy is where everybody can bitch and moan about it, and then somebody gets picked by the king, and it gets done. And that's what I think this democracy should be like. It should be like somebody should be... Oh, well, that's just, that's just left and, to, we got to mention Otto there, haven't we? Well, I'm just oh, saying, boy. for example, started something. Want, like when Mayor Daly was around, I'm a pilot. One day he decided because his wife likes greenery to just take away the runway at Meg's Field, which was on all the flight sims, you know, the way that all the Republicans used to fly in from downstate. His wife wanted greenery. So one day at night, they basically spray painted over the cameras and brought a bunch of bulldozers and destroyed the runway so it could never be used again. And then magically it evolved into a sanctuary for birds and concerts and stuff. And in the end, it worked out fine. But at the time, he basically just took it away from the Republicans and did it on his own. And because it was a democracy, everybody can say anything they want. But there was no undoing it. And all I'm saying is apply that same logic here. If somebody would have the, you know, what's to just be Cones. the public <laughs> and not be all pandering, like I think, unfortunately, oh yeah that's an interesting thought and whatever but just be like hey we need lazy load and this is what we're gonna do i don't care if it is auto at least i would respect that but as it is now it's this sort of disingenuous behavior of like things that are really important like accessibility and like you know how performance works are just sitting around collecting dust while people have to run around with a flag like morton going why not why not let's start a new movement and then i get to sit here and bitch about not actual things that were decided, but rather, why is it 14 months and we're even talking about this? That's what's bothersome and right. amusing me. There we go. We're going to go for our break. Spencer can calm down in the break. We'll be, we'll be back in a few moments. Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up-to-date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well-known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no-question-asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com. Just like the podcast. Coming back, probably Otto. Otto's been listening to this. I'm going to have to get him on the show, actually. I am gonna that would be great. It would be great yeah. if Otto actually had 
that level of discourse with people. See, the difference is Otto is not engaging in the debate. He's just hatcheting people like a hatchet man. There's a difference between a hatchet man. You just, you just said in the first half, you what do you do a hatchet man? A hatchet man is the one that does the dirty deed, but doesn't sit around to talk about it or debate about it. The king or the one in charge is the one who's strong enough to stand there in public and go, I'll give that some strong consideration. And then the hatchet man does it, but they take ownership of it. Oh, Matt no, no, no. take ownership it, it, it over it. Around and says, will no one rid me of this turbulent priest? Right. There's a, you see, there's like a difference when everybody knows you've got a hatchet man, but you act like you're, you know, the loved king versus, you know, it's Machiavelli. If you know that you're feared and you've got the hatchet man, that's a democracy like Chicago. I would rather have a WordPress like that than the one where the king wants to be loved, but he's got a hatchet man. Well, that, that, that sounds lovely. You want to yeah, WordPress and run like Chicago? Great. Like Chicago. I was born in Chicago. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, More murders per year than you know what the shakes <laughs> Right, and some of the strictest gun control laws. Yeah, that worked, didn't it? Um, yeah. Think how big it would be if we didn't have those laws. Oh, God. Uh, think about the fact that most people using guns for criminal purposes don't obtain them legally. There you go. That's, well, a, we got surprise. That's a surprise, really isn't it? Bike, very good bike lanes, though. And I'm a biker, so that's all I care about. Yeah. <laughs> Was that in the article? Whole <laughs> <laughs> week of shows just talking about Chicago politics. Let's get let's get back to the story, shall we? Uh, um, Apple was a little behind. I was uh, Uncle um, Spencer loved this one. Uh, Apple was a little behind sorry privacy. Now it's very ahead. What did you think of this, Adrian? And you're muted, Adrian. <laughs> Siri sucks. I don't know who likes and uses Siri, but I have never had a good experience with it. I have an Android phone, and I use Google. Oh, I just muted myself somehow. And Google Voice is awesome. Oh, sorry. And uh, I, I don't care that it records literally all of my stuff. And there's somewhere in the world probably listening to me think this guy has such a weird accent. But because uh, I'm Canadian. Um, yeah, no. God, I, I, I figured it you, dude. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I appreciate the, the effort into, pri into uh, privacy protection that they're going on uh, with all of like the new GDPR stuff and the castle and the anti-spam legislation in Canada and all of this stuff. It's really important to have all of these like privacy things coming to the forefront. Uh, I wish it was a little bit more obvious in, in Google, for example, like you can't use, I don't, I think it mentions in the article, can't use the Google service without it not recording your voice. Uh, it records your voice because for example, one of the cool things that the Google assistant does is that if I, I live with my girlfriend and we have, we have two of them, there's one that's in our bedroom and there's one that's in our living room. And if either I or her talks oh. to it, it recognizes who I am. And it's like, well, we're going to, so Adrian's talking to us. So we're going to open up Adrian's Netflix account. Uh, and play Top Gear, or we're going to open up Alicia's Netflix account, and we're going to play Vampire Diaries or whatever. So I, it's pretty cool that it can do that. It's a bit sexy, isn't it? I it's actually favorite show. to my voice. Pardon? I said my mother's Google Assistant had no problem responding to my voice. I sound a lot like her. <laughs> So I think I think for that reason it's kind of cool, and uh, and I understand why Google is like you can't use the service without recording your voice. It's kind of like two way double edged sword. But at this point, as an email marketer, I 
take everybody's information and I use that to my own ends. And I know, and I understand that Google's taking all my information and using that to their own ends. So it's kind of just like, whatever at this point. <laughs> so Spencer, they're listening. They, they've been listening to everything you've been doing. Some person in the third world offshore, yeah. probably in Russia, actually. Well, okay. So here's some experiment <laughs> that I've been doing. And I want to say, Mr. Putin knows what you're up to. Spencer. I love, no, listen, this is important to you. You're going to love this. I, I, I love that movie Minority Report with Tom Cruise, but you know the critical scene in the movie where they're trying to find him and everywhere he goes, it's like because of his eyeballs, I think, or whatever. It just knows who he is. Well, I have suspected for a while, and I've been running experiments, that it's not what I just type in the browser, and it's not in my email, and it's not what I physically type, but my devices or my kids' devices are listening to me passively all the time. 100%. Run the of same time. Absolutely, they are. Hold no on. question. But, but, but it is worse if you care about that because it then directly associates to me. So I presume it as my device because, for example, a recent test, I went out to lunch with my kids and my mom. We sat outside having lunch for the thing that she asked about. No fucking way that could happen unless my phone was listening to me, transmitting data about those words that were asked by my mother to some database, which then immediately ad rolled me or did whatever. So the, the conclusion is simply this. Having watched Minority Report, unless in today's world you're willing to go to an Asian bazaar and have some man replace your eyeballs and your vocal cords or something – you're pretty much living in a world where right now everything you do is being tracked and associated with you. And that is the real issue. The issue is not this browser, that browser, Siri or Alexa, because you cannot escape from this. Even when you use cash, it's to some degree, there's a camera somewhere that's recording you and biometrically. So it's kind of like you're in the matrix right now. And it's yeah, flip phone at a government level. It's never going away. Motorola G1 uh, or whatever it is. Yeah, I see where you're coming from, but I think not having the ladies in your house does help to some. This degree. was on my phone. I mean, I'm not going to stop using phone. your ladies. Your ladies, then you know, you know they've been they've been pimping. Yeah, on so you, for for so. your information, uh, Adrian, I only stopped using a flip phone in March. Um, so, you, so you, hey, hey, listen. That, you know what, wait, I, what, I am so, not so young that I did not have a flip phone either. <laughs> want to know what's so funny about the phone thing? So, my girlfriend is my contemporary, and we have all these funny stories from remember in the nineties, right? Besides talking about friends in Seinfeld, we're like, "Do you know my phone number?" And she's like, "No," and I'm like, "I don't know your phone number either." But the truth is, there was a time when you used to know all of your friends and family's phone numbers. Nobody knows it anymore. I, I know her email because I, I hardly know my own. Uh, uh, my husband uh, still hasn't learned our, our home phone. No I, I, I know my, all my important we, phone We've numbers. lived here for eight years. How, how do all of you can't remember? I, uh, I know all of my phone numbers and I have a smartphone. <laughs> so, Jason, are you surprised that you know, the Spencer's ladies have been pimping on him? <laughs> I'm not surprised. Uh, I mean... It, this, I, yeah, I mean, all this stuff is kind of moot, I feel like. I mean, I agree with Adrian. I have an Apple phone. This is my first iOS device since the first gen iPhone, and I'm going back to Android. Siri sucks. How could you do it? Four time, the four times that I've tried to use Siri, it has never worked. 
So no. I use Alexa. I use Google. Uh, I get answers at least if it's not the specific answer, it points me in the right direction. Uh, but <laughs> it's got some relevance. To what right. you ask. Right. Siri is like, I don't know, whatever. And so from to echo what's Spencer. I think said, it must have dyslexia. Being somebody that has dyslexia, yeah. dyslexia yeah. themselves. But, you know. Our tip is to run Alexa on an iPhone because you can have Alexa listen to you on iPhone. Cause you're right. Siri is brain dead. Yeah. And, and I mean, I have, we have Alexa devices all over the place in the house. We have one in the living room. We have one in my son's room, one in our room. Uh, you know, we have an Echo, Ecobee thermostat. So Alexa's all over the place. Right. And, but to echo Spencer's point, whether or not you are secluding yourself on a desert Island somewhere else uh, with no electronic devices, even if you are of all the privacy, like conscious things that you could possibly do. If you just walk outside, somebody else's phone is tracking your voice, recording your voice. We get ads all the time on things that we mentioned that we had never searched for. I mean, I've had it happen just happenstance. Similar story to Spencer, uh, you know, where I was talking with a friend. I never even... I never talked about whatever the product was, yet I was getting advertisements on it. So this whole privacy thing, yes, as an email marketer myself, Adrian, yeah, I, I, I try to gather data, but I try to be genuine about what I'm doing with that data and put my best foot forward. And if, you know, if that's what Apple is now doing and other people are going to follow suit with it, uh, it's, a, it's a give and take. It's a sacrifice, right? And so like, if you want the convenience of these devices to understand who you are and what you want from them, uh, you're going to have to kind of give up the fact that if it's going to be better over time, they're going to record your voice. And so that, that's, that's pretty much that's- the take on it. You know? It's the cost of entry to the global community, right? It's like you kind of just, you can't you can't have all of the cool things without it knowing anything about you to show you all of the cool things that you want. It's just you know you can't you can't have your cake and eat it too. In that sense, they need to know something about you in order to be able to show you the things that are relevant to you. Absolutely. Right? Yep. Oh, well, jolly! Oh, we're going to nineteen eighty four with happy thoughts and whatever. There we go. Uh, right. So on to the next story. Steve Wozniak says I, he didn't mean Goo Apple should be broken up, yeah. but it shouldn't be a castle. What did you think of this, Uncle Spencer? So I love the Woz because, you know, he's got the credibility and the standing to talk about stuff, but it does feel, it's funny because, you know, when I was a kid, he was doing this thing and it was like, like soldering iron, like making computers, obviously. I think the thing that makes sense to me is that when I look at Apple, I used to be a fanboy, and unfortunately, I've not been able to achieve what Jason has done because I did divest divest myself of Apple products. I've not bought a new one in 10 years. Uh, In the last five years, I only bought used ones because starting in 2016, they started sticking their thumb in the eye of everybody with their new hardware by making it worse and all soldered down and you can't modify it. So the Mac that I have here is a 2015 MacBook Pro, and I tried to get rid of my iPhone, and I'm an A+, but I, when I moved to Android, I just found myself stuck with the iMessage thing and so forth. However, point is, most of their problems stem around Steve Cook and all the other design stuff when they built the spaceship because they've insulated themselves with a quadrillion dollars 
and they've alienated their customers as far as I'm concerned. And as far as a company is concerned, while it's true that it'd be great if they went back to that granola mentality and, you know, can do whatever, that's just not going to happen. They're, they're just like Amazon now. They're not going to break themselves up voluntarily. They want to be inside of that spaceship and they're going to continue doing what they want to do as long as they're being allowed to. And that's the world we live in today. You know, the only thing that can break up an Apple is when somebody gets clever enough with an iOS that can run on open source hardware that competes. And right now that looks unlike. They don't know what monopolization is. I'm going to be talking about a man that knew how to monopolize a market (laughs) further on during this show. (laughs) These people are amateurs, Spencer. They they have no... The monopoly is that the next technology that will will be revolutionary has the same chance that the computers had in the 70s. You can't break up this computer monopoly or this hardware monopoly for this particular stuff. For example, if you go to some other area like, you know, electricity or renewable resources or cars right now, electric cars, there is the chance for the 1970s Apple to happen in a garage somewhere. But you can't do it here because their real secret sauce is Apple is they've got every one of us hooked into either the iOS or the iMessage. And for some of us, it's impossible to get off of it. And so, you know. You just can't get off that iMessage crack. Well, I think the interesting thing about this article is the... um, is the sort of series of corrections. Oh, well, no, that's not, uh, that That wasn't actually it. Um, uh, you know, because it sort of started out with that sort of big link bait kind of, even Steve Wozniak says we should break Apple up. And then it's like, oh, well, well, that wasn't actually what he said. Oh, well, no, he came back to us with more corrections. And 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 now, and I mean, you know, I don't um, uh, remember what HP was like in the 70s. Um, so I'm not entirely sure what uh, he's referring to in, in thinking it would be, you know, nice if uh, Apple was was more like that. Um, uh, but it seems that as if, you know, the sort of spinning off divisions and giving them some independence is, is a little bit more. But here you're like, update, August 29th, 10 a.m. You know, while it was fairly clear from Waz's initial comments that he wasn't advocating splitting up Apple for antitrust reasons, we initially suggested it might be along the lines of his previous comments about how HP offered engineers more freedom. He since clarified that he's actually talking about independence in a more traditional sense, except um, whose tradition and what sense. Um, I think, think, to be honest with you, I think think what he's trying to say here is, is that and you know, as I, the only reason why I have an iPhone is because I had a, a kid born, and so the camera on my Nexus. Oh, phone I, I didn't, I, I, I didn't understand what the linkage was. I thought, well, where's he going with this? But now so, I understand. So, so the the camera on my my Android phone was crap. It was slow. It was it didn't work. Now they've got much better. But so that's why I got. The iPhone, yeah, even my mid-range Motorola has a pretty nice camera. Exactly, and so that's why I'm going back, right? But so the thing with me is, is that Apple has lacked major innovation since Jobs died, and I think what this is really—he's, you know, the backtracking, the updates, or whatever you want to call it—I think what Waz is kind of saying here is, is that we need more innovation coming from some of the creatives that are inside of Apple. And because of the structure that that company is, 
there's no exploration. There's no, you know, the 80-20 rule of Google or whatever it is. And HP, uh, you know, Sally, I did a study in college on it. Basically, that's what it was, is the same thing that Google implements where they allow their employees some freedom and time to explore and use the resources that the company has. Oh, Jason, you got, we got a new star. You got a cat in the background. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sally, you got competition there. Um, <laughs> it's not competition for me. It's competition for BC. Right, right. Here at the, at the foot of my chaise lounge, does not seem too disturbed. The more cats we get on the show, Jason, the more listeners I get, so you bring them on, Jason. You know. um, so, um, I don't know if I asked everybody. Adrian, did I ask you about this question? Oh, you see, I, I clicked out of the freaking tab, and then when I press Alt A, it's like, which program did you mean? And like, I meant Zoom anyway. Um, I don't really have uh, much much thought on it. I, uh, Jason, were you actually done your your comment? I didn't know if you if you had a had a finishing statement there. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it was, you know, it was basically just that Waz wants more innovation coming from that company right. and he didn't want to come out and say it. I apologize. I, I was just captivated by your cat. Sorry, <laughs> but your point was excellent. I, I think you're spot on about your point there, Jason. I think that's what he was talking about. And I totally agree with it as well. Whoever thought about removing the headphone jack just should be like taken out to like a curb somewhere and just, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a headphone jack on, on my Motorola. I have a little... It doesn't have a headphone jack? It's a I mean, Motorola. I just want to rearrange the icons on my home it's screen. Can I just Motorola. do that? So it's just got a, a USB-C. And, uh, okay, but a USB-C is at least like useful because there's a, lot, there's a little bit more innovation in terms of the USB-C ports now. But for Apple, they removed the headphone jack. And if you had a freaking cord, you had to go buy the $120 adapter and it's like, you know, that was the a, they greatest a, monetization scheme in the yeah, world for like yeah, users. No, Motorola sent, included in the package a, a, a teeny weeny USB-C to, to audio uh, in jack. You know, no problem. I just plug my cheapy earbuds in it. Um, didn't need to buy, uh, you know, uh, AirPods or anything like that. They, they, needed the, they needed some revenue to get them to the trillion dollar space. So they just started selling the adapter at ridiculous yeah. Now uh, they have thousand dollar. Uh, they have the thousand dollar computer stand for the for the new um, the new MacBook desktop that's sold separately. What? <laughs> well, it's a very what? nice stand. What? <laughs> what? 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 Explain what? to me why a piece of metal that's curved at uh, at a at an acute angle is worth a thousand dollars. Yeah, that was pretty hilarious. Why? And my husband especially liked it because he has tons and tons of monitor arms uh, in his office. And, you know, uh, while they were not cheap, I think he got some of them for actually for promotional reasons from um, who are those people that make the monitor arms because his office is so famous. <laughs> pictures of it. Um, but they're, they don't cost anything like that. And they're much more complex. It's, it's, it doesn't, the, the, power, the power of branding and the and the power of the occult, I suppose, applies here. But I, I I echo Jason. I think I think innovation from them has been a little bit lacking. lacking. And I've I've never felt a reason like like um, uh, my my second half. All of her products are Apple, uh, and she swears by it. And she's like, you should just transfer over because then we could have like the iMessage and use all those. And she's like, no way. There's 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 just because there's there's there's. No, I could find no compelling reason in terms of like innovative functions that I that I would benefit from as for, 
for for my career choice, I'm a developer, and I enjoy a lot of the open source and the and the great customizability and and access to the file system that the PC and the and the and Windows provides. Not that it's necessarily the best source. Most developers probably prefer Linux, but it's still way more accessible in terms of development environment than for like Apple and stuff. So I just see no like reason to just go down that road because it's just it's it's been the same for like the last five five six years. I've seen no reason to go over. Yep, I agree with you. Um, what's the time? How are we doing for time? All right. Like Spencer's still on 2015, and he hasn't had a problem. <laughs> I, you know, I will say this though about the Apple. So the laptop that's 2015, fully capable, when I tried to run a lot of the web-based stuff, even with the latest iOS, it was freezing, which was really hard for me to understand. I ran memory thing, and it was just probably Google Chrome was sucking all the memory. So I bought a little NUC, an Intel NUC, connected to this Costco high-def monitor. The whole combination cost me a few hundred bucks. And I love it. Windows 10 is indistinguishable from iOS. I don't care about that. But the one thing that I wasn't able to achieve with the phone was, on the Android, the ways I did things, I was so ingrained with how iOS worked that I just couldn't get off of it. And then the iMessage was kind of like the, the final straw because it is weird to say it, but you can do things in iMessage you can't do through normal text messaging. And I kept finding myself going, oh, so say la vie. But like, I can definitely say if I could get off of the iPhone, it's over. I mean, it's, it's Apple. Apple with Steve, Tim Cook is like fine as a person, but the way they've run the business, it's like, I don't want to buy any of their crap anymore. And the experience in the store is ridiculous. Now with the hardware, I had a, uh, one of those things where the battery needed a replacement. At least this time they did it for free on the, the 2015 computer. They had to ship it off. Now they did it fast enough, but it was like, really? Like if this was the only machine I used for work, I have to just suddenly not be with a computer for a week because your battery f up you can't just do it I actually I actually had to do that with my with my PC my HP I actually did that yesterday so it's not just an Apple thing they had to replace yeah, the whole motherboard fortunately I had a warranty but Okay. I'll yeah. give. I'll give. I'll yeah, give. Yeah, it depends it's what it is. My my previous uh, dev machine I had to p replace and SSD while it was in warranty and and um, they were willing to ship me the new one before I sent them back the old one as as long as uh, you know I I gave them a deposit for it and then they refunded it because it was because uh, it was covered. I didn't get that option. I should have gotten that option. Yeah, you should buy your computers from Sager. Oh God! How much? You, oh, I don't, I don't think we have that in Canada. What is that? It's a. Uh, it's on. Uh, go to sagernotebook.com. It, it's a. They build custom uh, gaming laptops. Oh, oh, it's a website. Okay, not, oh, a, not an actual physical. That fan. Uh, it weighs about fifteen pounds. So. Oh, the, the, the new one is, is massive. It's, it's it's eight and a half pounds. Four K screen. Uh, um, there's. Uh, I've got. Uh, two one gig SSDs in RAID zero, and then a, a, a two gig uh, SSHD for uh, backup, and just like phenomenal, stupid amounts of power that ma that Apple will never put into a machine again. Basically, I'm not going there. You, you live, you, and and yeah, impressive, well, impressive well, fans to keep it cool. So exactly, there we go. Right, let's wrap this up. So um, the panel's recommendation of the week, and I, I thought, what shall I recommend? But then I found I found a series that I watched and I also read a few biographies, um, Rhodes. So if you go to YouTube and you put in Cecil Rhodes BBC, a very great 
series will come up um, in seven parts. Now, if you if you if you want to know about um, what happens to billionaires that have too much power, uh, um, learn about Cecil Rhodes, uh, um, a, a man of enormous dynamism and um, drive that done more when he got to 30 than most people do, a thousand people, a hundred thousand people do in a lifetime. But uh, unfortunately, he also used that power. Well, by the way, he um, he started De Beers, the, the diamond company. He was at 30, the richest man in the world's probably ever seen. But he utilised that money to actually start a war uh, um, where 150,000 people probably got killed. And that's not counting all the black people because they didn't bother counting those. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, um, British imperialism and colonialism in Africa. Well, you you love if you want to really study British um, imperialism and colonialism, um, study Cecil Rhodes. Uh, um, so. Yeah, I, I read a bunch of stuff yesterday after seeing your your link. That, you know, just wandering through different bits of, of Wikipedia. It's it's pretty eye opening, and yet, as you know, somebody pointed out, this was like not um, unusual. This was what basically all of the British were doing in. Uh, Africa and what all of the other Europeans were doing in Africa. And but um, um, thanks, thanks, Ali. But if you want to watch a really good free, see it. You got a few couple of hours, and you want to watch a really good. Um, it's a it's a dramatization of his life, and it's very watchable. And um, it's just a fantastic BBC series. Just go and watch it, folks, and um, learn how to become a real powerhouse and a carpetbagger supreme. There we go. Um, um, Spencer, have you got anything you want to recommend? Uh, yeah. Uh, I've put in uh, the link there to Oribi. I think I'm saying it. Or, uh, O-R-I-B-I dot I-O. Expensive, but a great uh, alternative to Google Analytics for a business website, especially one that's using marketing automation with WP Fusion, uh, CRM with Groundhog. The idea is that instead of getting that sort of usable, if you know what you're doing, kind of mishmash, this is really straightforward, plug and play. And then it allows you to, for your clients, if you're an agency, give them these really simple question and answer dashboards. How much more did I make this week with this product than the rest? So we found it very useful for our client work. And it's, again, costly for sure but really innovative in that sense. But so how much are we talking about then? What's, oh, uh, it's like 300 bucks. Um, the pricing is 300 bucks a month billed annually for the standard of uh, 400 a month for the agency. Now, interestingly, their agency pricing allows you like, I think five sites. So for an extra hundred bucks or 20% more, you can buy it as an agency and then just obviously sell it off to your clients, which I think is what their intention is. The, the team is very small, but very willing to discuss things too. I think they're, they're new, but we're enjoying it right now. Oh, sounds great. Um, Jason, you got anything you want to recommend? Sure. Uh, as an ever quest for trying to figure out my note taking and being able to store all of the things that inspire me, swipe files, even client stuff, meetings, those sort of things, I've stumbled upon Notion. 
Um, this is something, uh, it's notion.so is the website. And for me, I've only been using it really over the past couple of weeks. But for me, I mean, I've been an avid physical notebook note taker for years, uh, using Evernote, Google Docs to collaborate with people, uh, Airtable and Google Sheets for those sort of things. Notion seems to aggregate all of that stuff and you can actually make it do whatever it is that you need it to do. Um, so I've, I've, I've looked at it once or twice. It's it's a really kind of interesting combination of sort of a a wiki and a, um, a you know and a collaboration platform. Yeah, the the power really comes in play with the relational databases that you can build from it. It doesn't. It sounds complicated, but it's not. And I've started to include my clients into it. So weekly dashboards I'm building out inside of Notion. Um, and I, I got to say that I've, for an entire week outside of this one diagram, I haven't used a physical notebook. So uh, for me, that's, 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 I don't know. I haven't found anything like it before. Uh, I'm still learning it. And uh Marie Poulin is a big advocate on this. She does some videos for it as well. Uh, she's from Okie Dokie. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I've been loving it and uh, I see myself continuing to use it. You could use it for free for a certain period of time. I think it's a, a matter of notes or something like that you could store, but then it's a nominal charge after that per year. It's like I get paid like $30 per year or $40 per year. It's nothing. So I'm. Um, thinking about ditching Asana and some other monthly costs based around it. That's great. Make sure the links, did you put the link yep, in? Thanks. Mm -hmm. Sally, have you got anything you want to recommend? I do. Um, I would like to recommend uh, something I saw on the wordpress.com blog. Uh, they did some research into uh, hiring uh, senior uh, women engineers. Um, and uh, they, you can download the whole research report about you know what they did was they asked uh, they they collected a a sample of people they could uh, interview in depth they got like seventy some responses uh, they chose fourteen or fifteen people that you know from a, a range of different countries and levels of experience to find out well if you're a you know a senior developer and you're a woman uh, what is it that you look for in a in a in a company you know before deciding to take a job there because of course if your company is serious about increasing the representation of women on its engineering staff uh, it, it's useful to know uh, how to attract uh, capable women and you know not very much was surprising uh, to me in terms of uh, what people, you know, said they wanted or said was a, you know, was a was a red flag for them. Um, I think the thing that surprised me most was a, a notation that said basically uh, they wanted more technical discussions in in groups for you know women engineers and. Um, uh, I thought, wow. I mean, okay. I I don't. I'm not sure I belong to any groups that are like you know specifically for for women. Although I belong to groups that have a pretty high representation of women in them, um, and it's like you know 
is has the situation been such that it just devolves in like everybody talking about how they're coping with the bullshit they have to deal with at work and nobody is actually talking about like technology, which is the, you know, the thing you actually want to talk about. Like, you know, I don't want to go to a conference and speak about being female. I want to go to a conference and speak about what I'm doing with WordPress. Well said. There we go. Adrian, uh, um, got anything you want to recommend? Yeah, I actually I have I have two. So wow, he um, gets two stars there. I've, I've got I've got two. So my first is a Facebook group, uh, which is an open group that you can go join. It's called uh, WordPress Plugin Suggestions. So if you're looking for a plugin, you can just kind of ask, "Hey, listen, what is everybody using for this?" And you'll get a bunch of different recommendations, and you can go compile, or you can go in there and recommend a plugin if you're really enjoying it. And you want to say, "Hey, listen, I think you should be using this." And you can go to that group and do that. Uh, really nice. Uh, second suggestion is just because uh, Spencer recommended Oribi and I looked at the pricing and I was like, if you're an agency, uh, that's cool. But if you don't have like the big bucks to be spending that, you know, level of dollars per month, uh, then I use a different tool called Clicky Analytics, uh, which I use in, instead of Google Analytics. And it looks like it's straight out of the 90s, um, but it has all of the relevant information and, the, and it's pretty readable and you can do a lot of browsing and it's significantly... Uh, less expensive. We're talking like sub $100 a year um, for like a bunch of different sites. And you can white label the thing. So if you're an agency and you want your clients to log in and have your logo and all, then they do the whole the whole shebang at a much lesser cost. So um, you have two options there. You have like super like bespoke because, you know, they don't do it. Like Clicky won't do anything bespoke for you. So if you want to do like super high class service and bespoke stuff, then you can go like super expensive route. Or if you want something that's like straight out of the nineties, but is a little bit more approachable in terms of cost, then I'd recommend you go check out Clicky, uh, Clicky Analytics. Oh, that's great. Thanks for that. So we're going to wrap up the show. Um, before I ask the panel to... Um give their details, how you can contact them and find out more about them. I just want to say, um, if you want to come on the panel and be a guest panelist, especially if you're a lady WordPress developer or influencer in the WordPress space, please go to the WP Tonic website and um, send me a message for the Contact Us page and we can have a chat and hopefully have you on the show. We'd love you to be part of the WP Tonic tribe. So if that sounds interesting... Give me a buzz. Um, Jason, um, How? what is the best way for people to find out more about you and what you're up to? Sure. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Rez with three Zs or Rez.com with three Zs as well. Oh, that's easy. Uh, um, Sally, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to? Uh, you can find me at WPFangirl.com. I am uh, at Sally Getch on Twitter and on Instagram. And Spencer, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to? All for free. Tell me what your business problems are with marketing automation. Uh, you can find me at WPFusion.com or at WPLauncherFi.com. That's great. Adrian, how can people find out more about you and your company? If you need uh, marketing automation and sales tools, email marketing, contacts, database, CRM, all that good stuff, you can head on over to Groundhog with 2Gs.io, get our free plugin, install it in your WordPress website and have all of that stuff kind of just taken care of for you. Right. That's the end of the show, folks. Thanks for being listening and watching us. And we'll see you next week where we'll be discussing the latest WordPress stories or anything else I find that I think is interesting to my beloved audience and viewers. We'll see you next week, folks. Bye. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to WP Tonic, the podcast that gives you a spoonful of WordPress medicine twice a week.